Hello everyone, Hammerheads, welcome, welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham, as usual, here with my friend Vic Mattis of The Free Beacon. Hello, Mary Catherine. I have a question for you. Are mm. you over-caffeinated, under-caffeinated, over-prepared, or under-prepared? I would say, unfortunately today, <laughs> under-prepared and, and under-caffeinated. Well, we could fix one of those things. It's going to be a slow Joe Biden, well, sleepy Joe, <laughs> low-energy Jeb pe- show. Some people, as you know, many people, according to my anecdotal Many people are saying. Many people are saying. They listen to the show. In the, this is the way they get their day started. And sometimes you want to slow. Okay, well, let's know, hope that's you, what you, they want. You want, the, you want the orange juice version of the morning, not the grapefruit juice morning, okay. you know, which is very much more Is that what we're doing? Abrupt. We're, we're going to orange juice our we're way. We're doing Keurig, not Nespresso. That's okay. right. Even better. How, Take it down. How are you? How was your trip? You Where did you go? What's, what's I'm, happening? I'm good. I was tired, but I have now recovered. Traveling with children is a lot. Traveling with a baby. I always try to travel a bunch with a new baby. On a uh, plane or car? Both. Uh. Because they're pretty easy when they're this young. Mm-hmm. They don't move around the plane. They don't bug anyone. Their cries are very quiet. Like they're not going up and down the aisles. Yeah. You don't have to. But that, that being said, this baby's almost 20 pounds. So that's juggling a 20-pound weight in your seat That's big for a long period of time. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, she... She's a chunky baby. Like a ta- she might be my chunkiest baby. Healthy. She's a healthy baby, as they say. <laughs> Look, it is the best time in your life to be chunky, right? That's that. that <laughs> oh, right. If you're going to be chunky year, at any time, you just wanna, you you'll just get wanna, a pass. Yeah. You'll get a pass. You just want to yeah. eat it up. It's actually a, it's a feature, not a bug, right? <laughs> so anyway, I'm juggling her, and it's, it's tiring. We went to Tallahassee. Florida. The went capital. To Florida, 77 degrees. Beautiful oh. outside. Oh. Had had to do a connection to get there because Tallahassee's not the. That's not a direct. It's not, way it's from... not the premier destination direct from. Can I guess? DC, Charlotte, Atlanta. Oh, okay. Which is nice because when I, although I didn't have time, when I came out of my gate, Bojangles right there, right in front of me. Oh, that's nice. And uh, but it was a quick, it was a quick turnover, so I had to get get where I was going. But let me first. Okay, I got to tell a story about the airport shenanigans getting there. I, as you may have noticed a pattern, I tend to get myself into issues, making it to my flights. When Steve's around, I do better. I was going to say, without him. (laughs) Without Steve, it can get problematic. So I'm running to the airport, a little on the late-ish side, right after we recorded our show the other day. That's right. It was, if if people listened to the last episode, it was a... (laughs) Yeah, with the baby. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. On the way there, I'm like, I might be cutting it close, but DCA is okay. It's fine. My, my au pair who's with me is looking up my ticket so I can check in online so I can just go straight in. I don't have a bag to check. Yeah. I'm fine. You haven't even checked in yet. But I'm checking in on the phone and we can't find my reservation. Oh. And I'm like, this is crazy because I, I, mean, I have the email receipt for it. I have this yeah. flight. Yeah. That happens sometimes. It's crazy. So we're, we're plugging in everything. Can't find it. Finally, as we're pulling up to the airport where I have very little time, <laughs> We figure out that it is booked under ham. I oh. have had a different legal name for 11, 12 years now. Yeah. I don't have anything with ham on it, like, except what, what, for my Wikipedia page. No, hold on now. Wait a minute. What about like uh, 
Doesn't your driver's license have that as a middle name? No. Or no, it's not. No, because I have too many damn names, Vic. Yeah, that's right. I that already is. have yeah. Mary Catherine. I that's can't already, be loading it up. Yeah, Catherine in some cases might even be the middle name. Yes. You know? So I only have my oh, legal no. name. I do not have him. I don't so have him on anything. Obviously, you did not book this. Well, <laughs> Funny story, I did, Vic. I did book this flight. How did this happen, you ask? I don't know. Here's my best theory. Remember, my computer broke. I was using an extremely old computer. And my only thought is, unless I had an aneurysm and booked myself Mm -hmm. under a name that I haven't booked myself Mm -hmm. under for 10 or 12 years, Mm -hmm. I think that computer signed me into my Delta Sky Miles under ham. Oh. Okay, I was going to say autofill, but That's, yeah, you might have been signed in from an That over. is my guess oh my on how that goodness. happened. And let me tell you, they do not love it when you show up with oh, a different no. name no. to the TSA. Also with they a baby. They could turn you around. Like, they am could, I stealing yeah. this cute baby? Yes. Right? That's what they yes, think right, to right, themselves. Right, right. So I go to TSA and I think to myself, can I talk myself through this situation? It has happened in the past that I've been booked under my professional name and they have let me show some other ID. Normally, I have a press ID, and I didn't have one. So I talk, I'm talk. i like, hey, I have this birth certificate for this baby, and it has my name on it, but it's just scanned. It's not real paper. And they're like, we can't take that. So I'm like running on like 30 minutes to make it to this plane. And they're like, go back up and have your ticket reissued. Yeah. That's that's usually, I think, the answer is to go to the ticket yeah, counter. So the Delta people. And, I, you know, I admit it. I made the wrong play. I went straight to TSA and hoped I could charm myself through. And that was the wrong move. Okay, I'm surprised that you didn't. I, I You know what? I, did it ever occur to you to just say, do you know who I am? Do you, you know who <laughs> I did <laughs> offer. I did offer. I, I tried that all the time. It never worked. But it's, I did offer to just, like, Google Mary Catherine Hammond. Okay, yeah, look, 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 it's me. All right, it's me. <laughs> but Don't I go, I go up, I try to get it reissued, and many thanks to Delta, who was, they were very nice to me oh, the whole way out, through. Shout out, to They're like, oh gosh, you have like no time, woman. Let us see what we can do. So many keystrokes. Oh, so many. There's so many things to fill in. It amazes me, because I'm not watching. We don't watch. We're on the other side. But I'm like, what are they typing? So then they got to do the baby, too, right? Because she doesn't have a ticket, but she needs to be on the reservation. So many, so many keystrokes. They send me off. And I had asked the TSA, when I come back, can I wave to you and come to the front of the line or else there's no way I'll make mm-hmm. it? And they said they could. I hate doing that because you look like a jerk, but I was like, this is the only way I'm going to make it. Also, imagine if they did a shift change and some oh, of no. people were like, who? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Ma'am, you need to go to the back of the line. So I run down with, I believe it's 20 minutes till takeoff, which means only 10 minutes to get to the gate or yeah, else and they the door. close once the that, door. Once the door closes, that's it. It was a 1021 departure. I got through TSA. They flagged some formula or something in my bag. Of course, they had to double check it. I load up the stroller and this woman near me is like cheering for you. She's like, you got this, mama. And I was like, I don't think I do. (laughs) (laughs) And I load up the baby. I strap her in for safety because I am going to sprint my ass to the gate. I sprint to the gate. 1021 departure. Arrive at 1011. That is the minute that they close the door. And she's like, I'm glad you made it because I think they had relayed like this poor woman with the wrong name is coming, trying to steal this baby is coming to your plane. I can't do this. Even listening to it, <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's it's too it's too traumatic. That's like Guy Benson. Guy Benson is always like, I don't want to hear the story. I don't want to hear no, the story. It's so scary. And I've been in that, you know, uh, maybe we tried to, we almost missed a connecting flight when we were going down to a big vacation that we'd been looking forward to like for all year and Grand Cayman and we were just, you know, we just barely made it in. It's, it's too much. 
It it's is. Too much. And now that I am married to Steve, I have experienced the mm-hmm. other side, which is like, oh, you get there, you have a nice coffee. Oh, you sit oh in it's your, civilized. You sit in your, it's civilized. very civilized. Yes. I got my nails done one time. Yeah. That's how much time we had. Uh, so, so this was not enjoyable, but I did make it, which is good because Tallahassee is not an easy place to get to. So we go down there, all smooth on the plane. Thanks. Shout out Holly. Great. Uh, great baby Delta. They like saw my face and gave me a mimosa. So <laughs> <laughs> only you again. This is really quite. They're nice. like this poor woman uh, stealing this baby. We got to get her something. So that that helped the situation. Uh-huh. I arrive in Florida, which is good because I got to have a little meet and greet with Governor Ron DeSantis. Death. You met with Ron Death Santos. I, I did. I asked him about the death. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel for? How do? You, how do you feel for all these? And, and well, we'll get to. We will get to the governor. Yeah. Later well, on. Yes. Yeah. No, and it was a little, just a little off the record gathering. Was he nice? um, he's he's an impressive dude. Yeah. I, I have to say. That's, he looks like. I'm sure he, he appreciates physi- that. He looks physically thick. He's a. <laughs> Alex is laughing, doesn't he? He's like a solid guy. He's a wrestler build for yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is now bigger than Pompeo, right? Because Pompeo's they've gone in different directions. Oh my gosh. P- Pompeo. Yeah. Like that's how you know he's running, right? There's no other reason to lose all yeah, that yeah, weight. She, yeah. Um, right. He looks like a completely different person. Completely. Impressive guy. Has a lot of a lot like COVID, whatever the issue mm-hmm. is, has a lot of the facts at his command, that's ready to, to deploy yeah, yeah. in a moment. Mm-hmm. Some other folks were down there. Guy Benson was down there. Mm-hmm. Ali Stuckey was down there. Clay and Buck from uh uh, Clay Travis. Oh, yeah. From Outkick and, and Buck Sexton. So nice little gathering. Got to hang out in the outdoors in the 78 degrees. Got to learn a little bit about the gov. Nice. Ask some questions. So good. Anyway, good. It's a good, good Did time. you get the feel that he's just revving up for 2024? What's your vibe? I, I would say that he has he has reasons that would that would be good for him too like like mm-hmm. when when you ask about the state of the race yes i think you get this you always get the standard answer which is wise which is he has he has to focus on his re-election oh yeah happening this of course year. of course he's the governor but i would say the rationalizations he deploys on behalf of someone who could mm-hmm. run sound like they would fit for him right yes. <laughs> yes. 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 yes 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 very good very good i took i took a trip myself to the diner that's where i went with with my kids, so I had uh, uh, Kate was working, so I took them to Bob and Edith's, which is one of my favorite places. Love Bob and Edith's, and but my obsessive compulsiveness regarding not wasting food really got the better of me. So you know, I mean, and I'd been looking forward to this. I said I'm going to go light for lunch, and I kind of was light. But I but I, I get there, I get a patty melt, right, which I like. And with the, it's like the the buttered toasted rye with the with with the burger patty and the, the mm. grilled onions and melted cheese and onion rings and the kids get their things. This is what's interesting about Bob and Edith's. It was at night. There was a fair amount of people there. Two employees. Really. That's it. A woman working the kitchen, and the young waiter. Hmm. That's it. And so the service, of course, it was slow. Yeah. But I'm not – I was. I told the kids, I said, this is no reason to be upset. I mean, if, if I saw the server just sitting around and not doing anything, yeah. But this is all – and all you see are the signs. Help wanted, please. We're hiring. We're yes. hiring at yeah. all locations. Two people. So we didn't – they didn't get their milkshakes until like towards the end of dinner. By then, the kids are full. They go, oh, I can't finish the milkshakes. So I finished the milkshakes. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know, there's the idea of, oh, I can really use a milkshake. And then there's the actual act of actually – 
drinking the milkshake. Yeah, Alex is shaking her head. Not of my lactose intolerance. No, no, well, yeah, I, I was, I was so bloated. And the thing was, you know, it's like, it's, it's like the time that I went on. You know, we were on a honeymoon, and and all the drinks were free at the hotel because the the pool wasn't working, mm-hmm. and so. I, Hey. Yes, and this is in Virgin Gorda, in the British Virgin Islands. And I said, "This is great. I'm going to live my live one of my fantasies, <laughs> which is to drink pina coladas and painkillers all day." You know what that is? It's like drinking milkshake all day. Oh yeah. And it's like, yes. can't. So one of the things that happened was I was mixing like like my son had chocolate. That's just like chugging Sunny D with a little bit of alcohol. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. It is Sunny D, but it's not real orange juice. Okay, there's a lot of coconut milk, which isn't actually really milk. You know, it's the coconut cream. And so I'm at Bobanita's. I'm having the chocolate shake, the strawberry shake. I'm mixing it together. It was not an ideal mix. No, that sounds problematic. Speaking of bad mixes. I told you. Oh, he's got he's on fire. The CDC and teachers unions. Mm. Oh, we have known for Match made in heaven. We have known for quite some time that uh that the CDC and the teachers unions colluded, if I may use a fashionable word yes. from the media, yes. colluded on the rules for getting back to school. Yes. You and I have known this. We've known yes. this. Yeah. There is an investigation into this led by Republican lawmakers. That turned up some new dirt this week. Republican lawmakers who sit on the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis are releasing a report revealing a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention official's testimony claiming that the agency coordinated with teachers unions at an extraordinary level in crafting its school reopening guidance. Despite the agency's earlier claims that such coordination was routine and non-political. Like, we're just talking to stakeholders, man. No, you're not. You're not just talking to stakeholders. In the interim report exclusively reviewed by Fox News Digital, this broke the other day, Republicans wrote that emails between the American Federation of Teachers, the White House, and the CDC showed that the AFT's cozy relationship with the Biden administration's political leadership at the CDC positioned the union to impose line-by-line edits to the reopening guidance despite the CDC's past practice to keep draft guidance confidential. Randy Weidgarten was in charge of whether schools reopened. I can't wait for Dr. Rochelle Walensky to get all these questions from the media about oh, this. Oh, so many questions. How, do, how does it feel to be so fantastic? The dam- how does it feel? The, the, damage, the damage is near irreparable now for the CDC because, at least for us, because people love to throw the CDC out there as like end of argument, end of discussion when it comes to medical or health policies. And we'll say, well, according to the CDC, CDC guidance says, and here we are actually seeing the tampering and the political involvement involved in, in creating these policies, which they have always denied, and now we have. Or, no, it's even worse than denied. They, they gaslight you and say oh, this yeah. is something that only happened under Trump, but now it's pristine. It's like, no, man. No. That's right. That's right. And as I, as I have said in the past, I'm like a... I'm a cynic who wants to be an institutionalist. Like I'm like, help me help you. I right. would like I would like to have a referee yeah. that I can trust. Yeah. Right? Just like the media. I would right. like to have somebody that mm-hmm. I can trust who is the sort of like, let's put this out there. This is the standard by which we are making these decisions. They make it impossible. The CDC makes it impossible. And this is this is not the first politically charged decision that was politically mm-hmm. influenced, obviously. And then you've got all sorts of other stuff coming out of there. The bad mask studies that are like, mm-hmm. you know, just ridiculous asterisks about, oh, by the way, this is, doesn't actually show the thing that and mm-hmm. the Atlantic has debunked them. You've got the numbers in the COVID tracker 
that, yes. that all the journalists used where oh. the pediatric numbers were inflated by a quarter. In your face every time you turn on the TV, it's there. And there is just – there's actually a thread between those two, which is the insistence in this country mm-hmm. on emphasizing and exaggerating risk to children, which has been incredibly problematic to those children and their parents. Right. Whether they're scared of it or not scared of it, mm-hmm. it has had really bad results for kids and parents. That's right. It's the kind of news that really needs to be spread far and wide and repeated over and over to remind people, especially as we're getting towards the fall and another uh, and the midterm elections, and the Republicans can do this easily, obviously, but to remind people of the association, because it, it's the association of the administration and Democrats working alongside with the teachers' unions in order to keep your kids home. Yeah. And the vast majority of which have been harmed or did not benefit Everybody from being knows I don't from want my kids remotely. at home. <laughs> we all know that. No, no, it's, true. no it's, it's, it's really problematic. And I actually think I wonder there's sort of like a counterfactual or an, an alternative history where, uh, where Trump had run hard on opening schools, what that might have looked like. Oh, that's I, interesting. I remember being – I remember yeah. being like, oh, don't say that, guys, when they said open schools, oh because I gosh. knew that the reaction from press would be, well, we have to be on the opposite side yes. of this. Yes. So, and that is, in fact, as, as somebody mm. noted on Twitter the other day, this is not an original thought, that the press and many parents and liberal uh, municipalities, orange man batted themselves mm-hmm. into telling themselves mm-hmm. that a year out of school was fine. Yeah. And it's like, just yeah. because he said you should go back to school does not mean it was a bad idea. That's right. No. That's right. Uh, and, and and the same thing, you know, uh, our complaints about uh, the media that they're going to give, you know, kid gloves treatment to the CDC, uh, that will change. They'll go, they, they will go after the CDC under President DeSantis. That's, they're really going to go after him. Them. Yeah. Oh, no, it just needs to be reminded how awful these, these people are. Do you think people are going to remember that, though, come November? Yes. Good. That not even, it, it might not even be this part yeah. of it, but, but parents yeah. will remember Again, as I have said many times, the schools were closed for a year. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to school and they're in school for basically four days a week around here, mm-hmm. right? They don't really do a majority five-day school week anymore. That's mm-hmm. mostly four-day weeks. They're out for any and every issue or sniffle. Right. And they're not making up ground. And parents know this. Yeah. So it's not going to be like, oh, everyone's just going to forget because everything's back to normal by the time fall comes around. I think it could get better, but I don't think they're going to forget. It could also get worse. Yes. Oh, by the way, our our best buddy Fauci is back on the scene. So much for my theory and and other people who believe that, you know, he was being hidden away for saying maybe he was just on vacation. Yeah, maybe just a break. Here he is. I'm interested in your reluctance to use the word lockdown. Do you think two years on that they were worth it or were they too severe? You know, I don't think we're ever going to be able to determine what the right balance is. I think the restrictions, if you want to use that word, which I tend to shy away from, lockdown, they certainly prevented a lot of infections, prevented a lot of hospitalizations, and prevented a lot of deaths. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, when you do have that kind of restriction on society, there are unintended negative consequences, particularly... Which I never thought to think about for (laughs) one second. In children who are not allowed to go to school, in the psychological and mental health aspects it has on children, in the economic stress that it puts on society in general, on individual families, 
Obviously, those are negative consequences that are unintended. Well, who is who is restricted, really? Is anyone restricted from going to a playground or sitting on a oh, bench or walking gosh. on the beach? Look, I would have I would have loved if he could have weighed some of these downsides yeah. two years ago. That yeah. would have been great. Do you remember when... You know uh, who did? DeSantis. Yeah. I shouldn't... <laughs> One day when we're, you see him again, you're gonna, it's going to slip. You're I know, we're say, goofing. Oh, DeSantis. Uh, no, but... That, he, should, is, he should wear that as a badge. But that is the difference people. between states that were more open and states yeah. that were completely locked down is that there was... It was not this casual, like, let's just do everything we can to be as reckless as possible. It was an attempt to not have some of these terrible unintended yeah. consequences happen. Lockdown deaths are a real thing mm-hmm. from alcohol abuse, from drug oh. abuse, from isolation, yeah. uh, from, not, from not tending to maladies because you're too scared to go to the hospital. Yes. There, and then, you know, the two, probably more than a year worth of learning loss at this point for so, so many kids that they're, they're going to scramble to get back. Mm-hmm. States that stayed open tried to make calls about how to prevent those problems and also give people their fundamental liberty of, I don't know, like running a business and getting a public service that they pay for. And took so much heat for going in that direction from the media and everybody else. Speaking of alternative history, there's an interesting uh, thought about what what if Andrew Gillum, who ran against DeSantis and only lost by, what, half a point Uh in that race in 2018? What if... What if he had been the Democratic Ooh. governor of the state of Florida in COVID times? Because a lot of governors followed DeSantis. Yeah. He was the he was the one who went first and said, no, the data says that we can do these things. Mm-hmm. Despite despite this super smart uh, lawyer in a Grim Reaper costume, who yeah. I know the media would like me to listen mm-hmm. to. I think I think the numbers show that we could do this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there'd be a lot more partying at weddings and getting. Oh, no, sorry. That was, I'm just thinking about Andrew Gillum. I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> You know, that guy, who was the guy who showed up? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I never met that guy. Random. Random. Never, uh, never met him. Yeah, I've never met him. Never, but just having a good time. Um, uh, do you remember, do you remember when Fauci was played by Brad Pitt? You know, on, I think it was SNL. And, and his book and the, and the movie, the movie about him. I'm, oh, yes. I, I'm, I'm really. By the way, we still yes. have to do a viewing of that and, oh, and review. I think gosh. I think it's incumbent upon us. It would be worse than my root canal that I had before. Oh, the, uh, I wonder what, what do you think his approval numbers are like now, Fauci? Oh, I, don't, bad, I mean, he's like. People who he's, love him. He's like a partisan figure, right? And and I say that not as a dig. I mean, that's just yeah. what his numbers look like, where one party thinks he's awesome and the other mm-hmm. one doesn't. But I do think. Polling is consistently showing at this point that people are mm-hmm. not into that message, except for a very small minority. Yeah, where we happen to live. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was in the supermarket the other day, and I counted, I think, three people without a mask in, this whole, in the whole supermarket. Whereas when I was in New Jersey, nobody's masked yeah. up there. Mask, Practically nobody's masked. Mask reporters. And certainly, Vic Madison, Mary Catherine Ham. This is what, well, you know, getting hammered investigates. And... <laughs> And the kids, the kids in other schools and other places, they're not wearing masks here. Almost all the kids still wear masks in the uh, schools, in the public schools, from what I have heard. Oh, my gosh. I think it's, you're right. It's going to get more. It's only going to get more contentious because if Fauci says we need to mask up again, come in the future, there are people who haven't even taken it off. I know. And so they're like, great, keep it on. We Spe- knew it. Speaking of masks, we have an eyes wide shut scenario Look, in Washington. <laughs> 
Yeah, those, that's a different kind of mask. Those are, we're talking about masks. Masks like, those are, Eyes Wide Shut, by the way, that was like carnival. It was, uh, you know, it was like a, it was, it was like a carnival kind of mask. Yes. By the way, on. by the way, that, that reference is as dated as the G.I. Jane reference. Yeah, no, but I know, I know. There were a lot of people who were wondering about that, like, what, 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 G.I. Jane? What is that? Was that a movie? Like, yeah. yeah was, it was, I liked it. Again, hottest bald lady there is. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, no, she, um, anyway, go so, ahead. Tr- trouble a brewing. This is a slight yes. content warning. I'm going to try to keep. Oh it, sure, sure. Uh, but but if you got the the kiddos with you, trouble a brewing in the GOP caucus in the House, where Representative Madison Cawthorn claimed on a podcast that Washington is just rife with or- <clears throat> orgies and yeah. cocaine. Good. Aside <laughs> from that, I mean. The sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, I mean, it, being kind of a young guy in Washington with the average age of probably 60 or 70, and I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, I, you know, I've looked up to through my life, I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes, you should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, wow, this is, this is wild. Now, I have no doubt that such seedy things happen oh, yeah. in this town, right? I have never been invited <laughs> and also barely harassed. What am I, top liver over here? <laughs> I've been in this town for 15 years. That's a very 70s Hollywood Squares response from you, by the way. You know, how come I haven't been? Okay. <laughs> exactly. What, what what is wrong with me? I'm starting to get a complex over here. So, so Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina is uh, throwing his weight behind a primary opponent to Cawthorn, who has been outspoken and embarrassing. A little reckless. Somebody tweeted today that the two ways to get the leader mad at you in the mm-hmm. GOP caucus is to hold Trump accountable for January 6th mm-hmm. or to talk about the rest of them being in orgies. Yeah, yeah those, those are the, are the, two, the, things. the two things. One of the two things there. And he, he got caught for the other one. So yeah, in fact, uh, he got called into McCarthy's office, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, got taken to the woodshed and not in a good way. <laughs> and, and, McCarthy, by the yeah. way, uh, doesn't often do a, a lot of discipline for the caucus. It's yeah. uh, a light hand. Right. You know, yes. So you know how we joke about Joe Biden being too old for this job. Yes. And uh, I think Madison Cawthorn is too young <laughs> to be in this job. Yes. And you know we know we know lots of twenty somethings. The thought of them being members of Congress, except for Alex, yes. right. she would be great and very responsible. She would not be making these claims. He's twenty six. Yes. Says the latest sign of turmoil. This is CNN reporting. Your mileage may vary. It's the latest sign of turmoil for the 26-year-old who has angered and annoyed a wide swath of his colleagues with a steady stream of controversial antics and mm-hmm. attempts to play political kingmaker in North Carolina and beyond. Most recently, Cawthorn sparked an uproar after claiming on a podcast that people in Washington have invited him to participate in orgies and use cocaine in front of him. Even fellow members of the House Freedom Caucus, a a right-leaning crew with a penchant for, penchant for controversy have turned on Cawthorn. They've floated the idea of kicking him out of the group if he didn't clarify his wild accusations, according to GOP sources, though such a step seems unlikely. And apparently now the, the news is that that he admitted that he, uh, he made this up. He said it was exaggerated. Exaggerated, yes. right. And he's embellished before, or yeah. he's been accused of embellishing before, including after the car accident um, and, 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 and saying that he was left uh, for dead by the, the driver who was his friend. The driver says... I, I 
took him out. I can't believe he said that. So Ugh, there's there are, there are issues like this. Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, and, and and but on the other hand, Mary Catherine, who's to say there aren't orgies, as you were saying. That, that we're just not invited. Just, I was thinking about Katie Hill, but that was not an orgy. That was just yes, her was, husband and a, and a That was and consensual and, and yeah, smaller, that was, that smaller was than what would be, I yes. think, definitionally yes. an orgy. Uh, I, I will just say this. A, a How many is it? A thruple. Threes? Huh? That's not an orgy. No. Threes are, well, this is, we'll have to, you know. You know what, what constitutes an orgy? Can four? the Congressional Research Service get on this for This us? is really, no. I, we, need to, we, we need to know. Get a gap. <laughs> Getting hammered investigating. Yeah, that's right. Uh, get down and dirty. Uh, I, I will say on, on, on the last note, always remember, especially for our listeners, the three words. If you're in an orgy, the three words you must never say, I love you. <laughs> There's a story yeah, but, about that. Mike so, Murphy told me a story, and I'm not repeating. That's just for the premium customers. So I, <laughs> so I do think, look, the people in the GOP caucus who continue to be mm-hmm. – with the insane ramblings, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Cawthorn among them, have primary opponents. I am interested to watch what happens in those races, and uh, we'll probably end up with the insane rambling people because that's what we get. What uh, we, we get what we deserve. So, oh, goodness. Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to come after me now. MTG. A Georgia showdown it's... between MKH and MTG. Just if you were registered, you should run. Gosh. Yes. Not <laughs> happening. All right. We have we have to a couple things. First, I want to talk about Hunter Biden and the oh, story yeah. Yeah. becoming totally real now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post mm-hmm. with a with a with a blockbuster on this 18-month-old news this week. The laptop is real, verified by the New York Times, now being dug into by the Washington Post, as many on the right dug into yep. it in 2020. I'm, this thing is so annoying. And by the way, why are they doing it now? Is it because they want Joe Biden out? Is it, well, that's one argument. The other argument is, of course, or that it just took this long to verify. To be thorough. Uh-huh. No, I think we've been working on it for months. It seems so. to me the likelihood is that out of this investigation, which is an official government investigation, something real is going to come out of that. So they're sort of heading that off at the pass with oh, this reporting. right, of course. To, you uh, know, just give it a little buff. Uh, but buffer. what I'm going to do, getting hammered investigates, I have never done the, the real, it's unseemly, the deep dive on the, the Hunter Biden actual storyline, because there's, oh, yeah. there's a lot to yeah, dig through. There's, there's, the, there. there's the financial dealings, which were allegedly quite close to his father, or at least, like, at least he was selling the idea yeah. of access to his with, father. With China. Right. Oh, Even if yeah. he wasn't selling actual access. So we'll talk about that next week because I want to kind of actually understand it. It was uh, suppressed quite actively yeah. in 2020. So I, I didn't follow it, the actual details of it, right. so much as the suppression of it. Thanks, everybody. Good job. Great job. Cover up not the crime, but in fact the crime. Right. So <laughs> Both. I want to get back to that. But mm-hmm. we need to revisit the slap. It's this not is, going away. This slap this part is, two, if, revenge of the takes. If, if, if Will Smith was hoping that this thing, you know, other things will distract us, and certainly there's lots of things in the news. There's lots more important things happening in the news. Ukraine, you know, right. which, which, which and and uh, the economy. Well, again, I think this is, this is fascinating to people because people generally like both Chris Rock and Will Smith. So yeah. it's like sort it's of like good what, guy versus good guy. And there's no other. There's there's there shouldn't be any. 
racial implications to this. This is strictly. Oh, but oh, oh but <laughs> I, I know I spoke too soon. Well, the new takes. I'll give you just like the oh, the, the top lines on these is that um, new takes and then your take is that this is an issue that only African Americans can talk about and have takes about because it happened within the community. And then there are <laughs> the Oscar community, or <laughs> no, within the African American community. Okay. And then there are takes from people who say, "No, I, I should be able to talk about stuff, even if my, <laughs> even if I'm white." And then there's some backlash to that. It's getting very, it's getting very ugly huh. out there. So I, I do have takes on it. My take remains that Chris Rock comes out of this looking like a very yes. good person, and that I'm sad for Will Smith because I think he ruined a bad, ruined what would have been a great night for himself. Mm-hmm. And that I think there's something probably behind this that is precipitating this behavior that is sad. What do you think? And we have the, some clues about what that might be. We do. What do you think of the conspiracy theories that, in, in, in for one reason or another, that this was all staged? I well, <laughs> in my in my obsession with this storyline, I listened to a body language expert, and he told me that it could not have been staged. <laughs> I'm with the body language expert. Although, I, don't, I don't think it was staged. I think that that uh oh felt real to me. Yeah. From, also, yeah. From the, Chris Rock. the 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 somebody floated the theory that this is part of a pharmaceutical conspiracy because they're about to unveil a new drug An for alopecia. alopecia. Drug. Yes. <laughs> I'll say. Can I tell you what the worst for me looking at the reactions? And it's terrible that we're doing this, but we're doing this. We have, you know, there are better things that we could be doing, but yet we're all doing this. And the worst take for me that I've seen is Chris Rock is at fault. You know why? Don't tell a bad joke. No, no. I reject that. Don't offend anybody. That is, by the way, the the subject of a New York Times op-ed. Jada Pinkett Smith shouldn't have to, quote, take a joke. Neither should you. Okay. Okay, come on. Meaning that you you can can now stop the comedian physically? Well, that's... Comedians right, rightly are like, hey, if the standard is that you can clock me because you don't yeah. like a joke, yeah. that is a pretty dangerous standard. Agreed. This is Roxanne Gay writing, this is not a defense of Will Smith, who does not meet, need me to defend him. Instead, this is a defense of thin skin. It is a defense of boundaries and being oh. human and enforcing one's limits. It is a repudiation of the incessant valorizing of taking a joke, having a sense of humor. It is a rejection of the expectation that we laugh off everything people want to say and do to us. I think a lot about how we are constantly asked to make our skin ever thicker. Toughen yourself, we're told. Whoever we are, whatever we've been through or are going through, stop being so brittle and sensitive. Lighten up. To which I say, the opposite. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, well, I, the opposite of all those things. That's yes. what. That's what I yes. say. Look, yes, in your personal life, you have a right, and I think it's good mental health to set boundaries about how people can treat mm-hmm. you. When you are at the Oscars and someone is doing a routine on stage, no, you are not allowed to assault them mm-hmm. because your skin was not thick enough to take the joke. Yes. Uh, this is this is a, a surprisingly unpopular take. I mean, there's so many people on the other side of this who think that the, the slap is fine. Yes. And, and, and also who are like, yeah, he should have done it because it's a – you can tell jokes as long as they're funny. And we've been talking about the reason why people like Jerry Seinfeld have not been doing stand-up on college campuses because people are so easily offended. But we're now going from easily offended to I'm going to go up on stage and that's fine and it's understandable because you had it coming. It's terrible. And I also think it's heartening that other comedians – are speaking out now. Yeah. Jim Carrey, obviously, more, more recently. And, as you said, mentioned uh, Wanda Sykes. Oh, Wanda Sykes uh, was on Ellen's show. Uh, famously nice person, Ellen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> T- 
definitely never telling bad jokes. So she was on Ellen's show, and she said that Chris Rock came to her at an after party and apologized to her. And she said, what are you doing apologizing? And he said, well, it was supposed to be your night, and you guys were doing such a good job. Mm. Speaking of the three Mm -hmm. uh, women who were hosting, Mm -hmm. you guys were doing such a good job, and now it's only going to be about this. So to me, this reflects, like, Chris Rock's public persona is much more thorny than Will Smith's, but it seems behind the scenes perhaps a very nice dude. Will Smith, the other way around, like, a very nice dude on camera and what we've known about him for years, but eh, maybe has some... Some stuff, some demons uh, that, that came out in this exchange. Um, the New York Times, by the way, yeah. had, had four opinion writers uh, discuss this event. And uh, there, was a, there was a lot of justifying. There was a lot of rationalizing of the slap. And I was like, wow, it feels like sort of, I, I, thought, I thought people would come down on the other side of that. You know, Especially I, people who write words for a living that yes. might be mean. I, I feel like we were making so much progress in going in the other direction of being politically incorrect and acceptably politically incorrect. I remember my wife and I saw Avenue Q. Oh, Avenue Q is good. You, and, and there's a great song there. Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. <laughs> you could not do that now. No. I don't think so. Yeah, I think people not. would. That would not be. You would come out and you, you'd slap the puppets. <laughs> so the, uh, the They don't even have nerve endings. <laughs> NBD. <laughs> the the other thing I was going to ask you is I don't know if you read any of um, Max Burns on Twitter talking about who who is big on Scientology, following it. And he's not a Scientologist, but right, he's right. he's big on investigating Scientology. And you know it's always been considered that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, you know, are still are part of the church and whatnot, right. and that the slapping is part of what's called the tone scale. Oh. And that if you're if you or or your your loved one is insulted, that you're obligated to either fight back either verbally or by even slapping. And if you don't do it, then a higher up would slap you, according to Max Burns. Oh. I'm not a scientist. The sacrament actually. of slapping. Yes, that's right. Is that's part right. of the church. That's right. Like as if as if uh, Will Smith, if he didn't do it, then Tom Cruise would slap him. You know, but I, I don't know. But it's interesting, and it's all part of this mix, and everyone's still trying to figure There's, this out. This is going to be a oh, do you think it's a this is a cultural touchstone, it, like it or not, it is, folks? Do you think? Do you think he should? Uh, the Academy's investigating. Oh the, yeah, the Academy's yes. weak sauce. My yes. gosh, they're like we asked him to leave, but he didn't. <laughs> oh, is that what they're saying yes. now? Yeah. Could you? No, never mind. That's what that, well, that was the extent okay. of it. Is probably and then, that. And then one more thing. Yeah. I'm like I'm annoyingly in the middle on this issue, as mm-hmm. I often am. Mm-hmm. There's the justification of the slap, which I don't like, mm-hmm. and the, but I don't. I also don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. And mm-hmm. if it happened at a bar, I don't think anybody would be, anybody would be arrested. The yeah. two would be separated, whatever. And, and whatever they make good or they don't. Mm-hmm. There's a subsection of people who say watching the slap was trauma, that they were subjected to something traumatic, and that they are triggered by this. It was. I. I mean, it was shocking. But I, I can see one of the re- she was revisit, there. Let me revisit my other argument, which was, no, the opposite of that column. You yeah. should you should toughen up a little bit. Should the Academy revoke his Oscar? I mean, I don't think you can do that. I don't think so either. I don't think you can They that. voted on it. Also, they like, thought it was all the best performance of for King Richard. All of Hollywood uh, yeah. is filled with trashy yeah. people yeah. doing yeah. trashy t- Speaking yeah. of orgies. Uh- <laughs> yeah, well, again. <laughs> connected to my other joke. I can't tell. That's again, I'll tell that after the show. Oh my but goodness. yeah, no, I agree. Also, you know, you're, you're, you're condemning behavior at the show. And I think that the response is that if, if you're not going to charge him with assault, certainly 
that he gets banned from the show. Yeah, I, I think I think that would have been the the right sort of middle road. Mm-hmm. This guy's got to go. He assaulted somebody live on TV. We got to yeah. get him out of the room. Yeah, but I don't think that necessarily assault charges are in order. Mm-hmm. Why am I thinking about this so much? I don't know. But everyone, we everyone all know, is. You can't and escape I it. You can't. It's there's so many angles, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. We're gonna investigate by slapping somebody. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna investigate. Don't look at me. Getting don't look at me. Don't, I got that lump in my jaw. Getting hammered. <laughs> okay. Yes. I don't want to. I don't want to be ableist about yeah, your. Yes. Yeah. My that's thing. the other. That that's the very... other discussion that it was ableist for him to tell the joke about somebody who has a condition. Oh. I just. Condition. Okay. Okay. <sighs> do, do you want to talk about Disney? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it briefly. Sure. And so Disney as a corporation has come out against this parental rights bill in Florida. And I am calling it a parental rights bill because the press and those who hate the bill call it the don't say gay bill, which is completely made it up. And then everyone went with it. It's it's amazing. Just not accurate. If it were accurate, I'd be like, okay, that's, that's a, I mean, it is sort of a a clever thing to to hang on the law, but that's not actually what's going on. And it worked. I was just in Florida. You are welcome to say gay there. Um, (laughs) You're welcome to say gay as a teacher. What the bill does and it's like seven pages long. You can read it. And I would also encourage you, my my friend Guy Benson, who is a gay man, talked to DeSantis about this bill. And Guy has some issues with it. And the sort of some of the language being overbroad, for instance, what does oh. age appropriate mean? Or are there instances in which this law would allow for or require teachers to maybe out a student right. to their parents? Like there are some concerns about how far sure. this would go in various parts of the law. But the actual the the meat of the law is K through three, mm-hmm. no uh, sort of uh, gender identity and sex education. Right, you're instruction. not instruction. Right, instruction. You, you know, parents want to have that talk on, 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 at home. That's that's fine. But I, I don't need them to no. Even about how babies are made right. when you're in kindergarten is no. like I. It, it's the conversation that I try to avoid forever. Well, and but. what's interesting to me is that in the polling of this, even among Democrats. In Florida, yes, yes, they favor this idea by over fifty percent. Yeah, just recently in polling, if you put the actual language That's to right. them, this is a fairly non-controversial mm-hmm. requirement that, like, hey, we're not going to do sex ed and gender identity until in until later grades. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, yeah, go ahead. So Disney comes out and says, "Oh, we cannot have this because a lot of their employees are on the sort of like." They're only getting the don't gay, don't say gay. I mean, mm-hmm. I do think there are a lot of people who actually believe, believe that. that that's the law. Yeah, it's it's the worst form of telephone, the game. Yes, yeah. yes. And so they, they think that Ron DeSantis outlawed that is like not a real thing. And so they're all walking out on the job in California mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. because Disney is also in Florida. So they're walking out in California. Sure. Haven't seen a lot of walkouts actually in Florida. They're They're in California. For that what? so that leads yeah. to the question like okay again it's another corporation that's leaning just markedly left like mm-hmm. if if they're on a side of the culture war they're choosing the left yeah. right yeah, that's right and what does that mean for parents who are like okay so why are you against this bill that's the K through three sex education and gender I- gender identity education ban mm-hmm. right further we see. This week in leaked internal uh, meetings yeah. that major executives at Disney are talking about, hey, we need f- 
50% minority and LGBTQIA representation in Disney characters. 50 is a lot. I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and, and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations and um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them. In Disney character? Oh, I see. Yes. I see. Yeah, yes. So. And, that, and that leads should be more frequently LGBTQIA. Mm -hmm. Look, I, I am open to, like, we didn't. For we the didn't, kids. Yes. We didn't avoid live action Beauty and the Beast because Josh Gad's character ended up dancing with a dude at the end. Right? Like, mm -hmm. this does not scare me away mm -hmm. from content. But this very activist tone is a thing yeah. that they're not super open about. This is an internal meeting. It became public. Right. And it is totally fair for parents of young children to be like, but why? Yeah. But why? They need to, before they even know how reproduction works, you must know about this. I mean. That's the thing. It's also, it's you know, so also Disney has this, you know, this memo about, you know, how they want, they want to remove gender terms from the parks. Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. I'm not a big boycotter, but there are certain brands like, Nike is among them, Disney, who just seem to trumpet that I am not their demo. Like, they're not interested in me as a customer. And frankly, I think the, the story might be that increasingly parents and families are not the customer for Disney. No. They're, they're aiming beholden. at... They're beholden. They're aiming at 20 and 30-somethings uh -huh. who have disposable income and who like to mm -hmm. visit the parks and spend mm -hmm. money on Disney stuff. And perhaps it's not me anymore. I'm not the target demo. No. Um, also, and DeSantis was right about this uh, early on when he pointed out the hypocrisy because how Disney is perfectly fine doing business oh, in China yes. and despite, you know, the Uyghur problem, which they have no problems with the fact that, you know, you're filming a movie, you know, no, in the thanked, same area. They thanked the yeah, Chinese government them. for letting yeah. them do that. Yeah, in, in a place where there are literally concentration camps. And it reminded me, of banks like Deutsche Bank, you know, which at the time said they were not going to do business in North Carolina because of the gendered policy, you know, uh, gendered yes. bathroom policy, but they were more than happy to continue business in Saudi Arabia. Oh, of course. Which it's, I'm it's, sure it's fine to be transgender in Saudi Arabia. By the way, the, the Saudi, yeah. I, I remember when it was Pride Month, everybody's corporate logos are adding a rainbow, except for the corporate logos in the countries mm -hmm. yeah. where, yeah. you know, homosexuality is criminal. Yeah, yeah. only where so, it's easy. No, that, and that is the thing. They, they push the stuff that's easy. And when it's tough, like standing up to China and losing some money, they're like, no. But I, I just, this is being painted. All these things are being painted. And this is the sort of the giant polarization in the media is not helping because you could actually inform people about this, which is why I commend to you Guy Benson's interview with DeSantis because you'll mm -hmm. get, you'll actually get the content of the law. Mm -hmm. He has a podcast. Go check it out. And you can hear that whole interview where he and DeSantis go back and forth and he's challenging him about the problems with this. And you can actually know what's in the law, which is my 
is that my is that my central value at this point is like can we just can we just deal with what's actually there yeah so let's talk about something that you did yesterday in the state you signed into law this parental rights and education bill it was hugely controversial in the media it got a lot of national attention i have had so many people bombarding me about this because i'm gay I'm conservative, and I'm not subtle about the fact that overall I support what you've been doing down here in Florida. So, of course, we're going to talk about this. Just so you know where I'm coming from, the audience knows already. I've written about it. I've talked about it. I actually read the bill, a novel concept, seven pages, pretty easy. I think that the moniker don't say gay is a misnomer. It is biased and lazy for the media to adopt it. It's an activist slogan that does not reflect what's actually in the law, number one. Number two, that K through three provision that you talk about all the time, I think it's unobjectionable. I think it's common sense, and the polls are bearing that out. People, parents, Americans, Floridians support it. I do as well. I have two concerns about the law, and I'm just curious to get your responses to them. Number one, when you get past the K through three verbiage, literally in that same sentence, it also bars classroom instruction on these types of issues, sexual identity, gender identity, that are, quote, not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate at other grade levels. That language strikes me as vague and subjective. Who gets to decide what is age-appropriate later on? Like, in your mind, when would it become appropriate? Middle school, high school? So it'll be, it'll, it'll be a combination between the State Board of Education and the local school boards. Um, and I think that you may see, uh, you know, some parts of the state, you know, come to a little bit different conclusions depending on, you know, the years on some of that stuff. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, I mean, I think that the, the reason this became an issue because when this first became an issue, you know, I wasn't even aware of some of the stuff that's going on. Uh, but, but with this transgender and the gender identity, there is an, an effort to try to tell people, well, you know, you may not really be a boy. You may be a girl. And I think that's totally inappropriate in the school system. The second concern that I had about it is because I read these paragraphs in the law several times trying to make heads or tails of it. I talked to a couple lawyers, conservative and liberal, and they said – depending on these could maybe be decided by lawsuits, but depending on how you read and apply some of this stuff, could it be interpreted as a requirement for schools? Let's say a high school student is struggling with coming out and he decides to confide in a trusted teacher, a trusted counselor, let's say, say, hey, I'm struggling. I'm not sure what to make of this. I don't want to tell my parents yet. Would the school then have to disclose that confidential conversation to a family, is that a legitimate concern under this law? Because having gone through the process myself, it's it's hard, right? And having those discussions in confidence with someone that you can trust without it necessarily being required to go somewhere is vital for young LGBT people. And my concern is if they feel like this law would require, Florida would require schools to, based on the mental well-being or the emotional well-being, which is how it's written in the law, it's kind of vague, if they're going to be required to tell families, those conversations might get bottled up. They may not happen, and that could be harmful. I'm just curious your perspective right. on so, that. So, uh, for, so for one, the um, before you get to that point, uh, classroom instruction, sometimes people say, like, can you even say something in class? That's not what it is. It's what's the curriculum on that part. Instruction. Second, yeah, yeah. Second part of that is – it needs to be some type of service that's provided to, in terms of a medical 
uh, service. And so, you know, when you're dealing with things like in California, you know, they had a girl who the school was administering hormones to, and she was depressed and they should have treated the depression. They were trying to give her hormones. So she ended up committing suicide. The wife is, is, or the, the mother's now suing. So I think it's if they're doing something that is just like if you took your kid to a doctor. You so know, it's treatment, not a conversation. Right, exactly. Okay, I, I, think that, a, I think there needs to be some service that's rendered in terms of a medical service that that's would, a very important where, where a parent would have clearly the right to be informed and to, to object. And- but it's being painted as, of course, this like resurgence of homophobia and weird that everybody in America is just the worst because they're like, hey, <laughs> I didn't know that that's what Disney execs were doing. That seems pretty aggressive yeah they need to remake the live action mulan that was filmed in the province where Mm -hmm. the uyghurs are Mm -hmm. being genocided to be like live action mulan but like instead of just being a cross-dresser she's now trans yeah that's (laughs) mulan is actually because that's what it was that's the whole mulan actually some of them by the times they are a changing some of the music in Mulan and some of the references and jokes in Mulan completely off the table at this point, right? There's a, uh, you know, of course, she famously is a is a young woman who becomes a warrior, has to dress up as a guy to be in the in the army and to and to fight. And there's a, a song that my kids love. I'm gonna have to tell them to zip it up. Called "I'll Make a Man Out of You," and that is a, uh, you know, there's some gender dynamics there that are not approved in the current corporate environment yes. of disney like if you played that disney song at that meeting everyone would be appalled the songs in peter pan oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's even even further gone i heard that some of the actors who played peter pan were actually women that's a okay. <laughs> the voice I, yeah i heard sandy duncan I, is this actually is true i heard sandy duncan's this is true like this an is older shocking woman's voice. to me yeah <laughs> that's right that's okay true. i am shocked and I, I can't believe anyway the, i just think the, the extent to which it's painted as like that this can't be something that we can even address or have issues with. No, you can have I, I have some questions about yeah. exactly what the goals mm-hmm. of Disney are and what that looks like for oh, my kids. No, and most can't. importantly, because I'm lazy, whether mm-hmm. I have to screen content for them before mm-hmm. I give it to them. The point oh, of the screen much. content is that it does the parenting in lieu of me. Mm-hmm. And that I don't have to be too involved, but if right. I have to get involved in that, right, it's off the table for have me. have questions now. <laughs> and questions are fine, but are they questions at the time that I want to address them, right? Because as the parent, that is my right. That's what I have to say about that. Well, as my mother-in-law would say, well, <laughs> that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tell your friends, leave reviews, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am Mary Catherine Ham. I'm at, at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack. At MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thank you so much for being with us. Please recommend us to friends. Please do the reviews. They help us out. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>